Welcome back to the Sunday Morning Breakfast and Learn program. Uh, before we get started in this morning's exciting topic, just a follow-up. I forgot to mention when we were, we were talking on Shul yesterday, um, before Musaf, we're talking about uh, what we can do, the takeaways and what we can do for, um, you know, bring Klaus all together right now, um, especially in light of the uh, horrific Matzav and Eretz I forgot to mention yesterday, we were speaking on Shabbos um, that uh, we are uh, tomorrow night, um, you know, uh, is, is Purim, and uh, Meir was called for 6:25. But the Eilim can uh, look. You look closely, and I wanted to draw everyone's attention to this on Shabbos. I forgot to. On the schedule, we have scheduled in uh, 10 minutes before Meir. We're going to be saying Tehillim for the situation in Eretz Yisrael. That's 6:15. So anyone that can get there, 6:15, we're going to be saying Tehillim. Okay, that was a follow-up to what we were saying yesterday. Um, I neglected to mention that, so um, uh, please take note of that, Rabbi Yisai. Please take note of that. We're going to be getting together 10 minutes before I have to say Tehillim at 6.15, okay? No, uh, at Dora Torah. Maybe here also, I don't know. What? Tomorrow night, 6.15 p.m. Yeah, 10 minutes in advance of my... <clears throat> um, <clears throat> okay. So... Uh, you got Purim coming up tomorrow night. Tomorrow's Tainus Esther. Tomorrow night is Purim. Let's discuss an interesting Purim topic, and that is women and Megillus Esther. <clears throat> um, and the nature of their obligation in the Megillah, the mitzvah of reciting the Megillah. Uh, so this is something that, let, let's build it up before the Gemara, with the Gemara, after the Gemara, very interesting um, discussion that kind of takes us to very interesting places over here. Not quite as straightforward and as simple as one would think. It begins with a general idea that um, the status quo is that women really should not be obligated in hearing the Megillah. They really should be potter. They should not have to hear the Megillah. They should not have to come to Shul and hear the Megillah because what, what the, the rules that we are accustomed to, the rules that we work with, with mitzvahs, um, are, you know, clearly establish a a, um, a a guideline in which mitzvahs women are chayvan in and which mitzvahs women are not chayvan. So we know there's a rule called time-bound positive commandments. Mitzvahs In general, any time-bound positive commandments a woman is exempted from. Anything that is a positive commandment, obviously all negative commandments, women have to keep all the negative, even if they're time-sensitive. But a positive commandment, doing something which is dependent on a specific time frame, generally women are positive from that. Examples are hearing the shofar. Women are not obligated to hear the shofar. All women come to the shul to hear the shofar anyway. They're not obligated in that. Shaking lulav and esrik, they're not obligated to shake a lulav and esrik, even if they do it anyway. Sitting in the sukkah, they're not obligated to sit in the sukkah. Putting on tefillin, putting on tzitzis, according to how we pass, and we view these as time-bound positive commandments, and and women are exempted. Women are not chayv in anything that's time-bound, positive commandment. There are exceptions here and there. Um, eating matzah, the Gemara makes a special drasha. Anyone that's not allowed to eat chametz is obligated to eat matzah. Women are not allowed to eat chametz, they're obligated to eat matzah. Bring a korban Pesach, what? The Shabbos candles, this is special, it's a rabbinic commandment. So, um, that was structured in that way. Yeah, okay, but that would be an exception, yes. Um, but but Yosefari means to say as well, making Kiddush on Shabbos, which is a, a biblical commandment. That's a Darais, they're chayv to make Kiddush. Good, that's also an exception because that goes together with 
with, with, with uh, not violating Shabbos, but in general, the vast majority of time band positive commandments women are, are, are exempted from. Reading the Megillah. Why are we asking this way? The Gemara learns it from Shema. The Gemara makes a drasha that uses Shema as a paradigm, as a model for all, all time band positive commandments. And um, Gemara establishes a principle. It's written in the Torah itself. The basis, it's based on a drasha. Women are uh, exempt from all time band positive commandments. So there are exceptions here and there. There are exceptions here and there. But this is the model. Now, do you want to know maybe the, the, what's the hashkafa behind that? What's the rationale? Why does why does Hashem do that? Rationale why do this, but order from this. Why why that category? Why that category? Yeah. Why these specific? Why did the women? Uh, you want to know what the rationale is? Why did God decide that? Yeah. Okay. So th- there are ac- explanations that are offered. I mean, in general, whenever we're going there, like, what's the rationale? Why did God do that? We're always treading murky waters because, you know, we can offer reasons and we look to see what the Rishayim say, you know, but ultimately the real, real reason is always going to be, you know, somewhere that's by God, where, where God is and, and, and beyond our reach. Our job is really just to understand the what and the how, not necessarily the why. Why did Hashem tell us to... Um, Sheikh Lulav and Because of course there's explanations that are offered, but the ultimate why that's up there somewhere with God. So in terms of why women are exempted, it's also the ultimate why uh, we have to understand is, is God's cheshvan, not our cheshvan. But uh, yeah, reasons are offered as to why women should categorically be exempted. Um, one of the mainstream, one of the mainstream um, uh, approaches that's given in understanding the rationale behind this is Women, based on their the, what they have, to, their their role, their special, unique role that they play in Klal and their own responsibilities, they can't be tied up with time-sensitive issues the same way men are. Women have to be able to multitask, do multitask in a way that men do not. Women have to be. Uh, women are are are, are uh, needed. They have a special, unique role in terms of taking care of the house, taking care of the children. And you know, if we tell women, well, you have to finish saying Shema by you know 9:18 a.m. today. You have to finish saying Shema by 10:23 today. You have to do this this time, this at that time. So that's 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 trying to pull them outside of of uh, their what their needs in order to allow them to fulfill their unique role, what we need women for. And women can do that men can't. Men can do things that women can do. Women can do all kinds of things that men cannot do. And that's, that's a mainstream explanation that's given. But again, yes, I don't want to, I'm not trying to say this is not ter- what I'm saying now is not Torah Misenai. Torah Misenai is from those these Cheshvanis. Why these mitzvahs and why not those mitzvahs? Why men? Why not women? Why women? No, why not men? Um, these are ideas that are offered. Anyway, we do have this idea, getting back to the topic at hand, um, women in general are exempted from <coughs> time ban as of commandments. They don't blow the shoifer, they don't shake lulav and they don't have to sit in the sukkah, so they really should not be chayv to hear the Megillah. They shouldn't be chayv to hear the Megillah because it's a time ban as of commandment. Yet the Gemara says they are, they are chayv to hear the Megillah. The Gemara says explicitly in Megillah that not just men are chayv, not just bar mitzvah are chayv, but Women are also chayv to hear the Megillah. Why? Says the Gemara. They were also part of the salvation. The Megillah is about, Pirsume Nisa is about telling the story of the salvation, the miraculous salvation. That we were saved from Haman. The tables were turned and Hashem saved us. Women were also saved. Women were also under the same threat of 
annihilation. Haman wanted to kill everyone. Taf and Nosh and Biyamechad. Men, women, and children. He didn't care. You know, if you're Jewish, that's it. He had it out for you. Women were also under fire. Women also were going to die. Women were also saved. Therefore, women also have the mitzvah of reading the Megillah, recounting the miracle. Okay, so that's quite clear. And that's the halacha. Mar establishes that women are also chayv in the Megillah. <clears throat> so now there's a question like this. Now that women are chayv in the Megillah, are they allowed to read the Megillah for men? Men are chayv in the Megillah. They read the Megillah for the whole shul. Can women read the Megillah for the whole shul? Are they allowed to read the Megillah? So one would say, sure, why not? If men are chayv, men can read for men. Women are also chayv. Women should be able to read for men. For women, women should be able to read for everyone. So this question is a very controversial question. Can women discharge men in their obligation of hearing the Megillah? So here we have a huge machlekas rishonim. Here we have a taisus and Mesechus Megillah. Even though the Gemara says Nashim Chayavus Bimikra Megillah, we have a huge machlekas here between taisus and the Bahag. The Bahag is one of the <coughs> um, right before the rishonim, one of the, the late Ga'inim. The Ga'inim, the Ga'onic period, was right before the rishonim. The Bahag and Taisus, quoting the Bahag, have have it out over here. Taisus says. Women are chayv, men are chayv. Men can read for men. Women can also, halakhically, women can read for men. Women can discharge a man's obligation. If you don't know how to read the Megillah and your wife does, your wife can read the Megillah for you. This says, so, believe Soisis. The Bahag disagrees. The Bahag says, A woman can read for women, to be sure, yes, but not for men. Women can't read for men. Women can read for women and not for men. Um... Why not? Why can't they read for men if they can read for women? If they're obligating the Megillah the same way we're obligating the Megillah, why can't they read for men and discharge a man in his obligation? So the Bahag says a line all the way at the end of Tysus. And he says the following. Women are chayiv in hearing the Megillah. They're chayiv to hear the Megillah. They're chayiv to hear the Megillah. And this is a little bit of a giveaway. And generally, it's understood as follows. Generally, the understanding of the debate here between Toysis and, and, and Bahag. Again, we have two um, primary opinions over here. Two primary opinions are women obligated to hear the Megillah. Or, 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 can women read the Megillah for men? Everyone agrees that women have to hear the Megillah because that's a Gemara. Can they read the Megillah for men? Can they read it for men? Two basic primary opinions over here, yes or no. What, what are they debating about? So in general, the understanding of this debate is as follows. The, the debate is, when women are obligated in the Megillah, what is the nature of their obligation? Are they obligated to read the Megillah? Is their mitzvah kriyas Megillah? Our, what's our mitzvah? Our mitzvah, what's the mitzvah of a man? A man's mitzvah is to read the Megillah. Mikra Megillah, to read the Megillah, kriya. Or is their obligation merely to hear the Megillah? Not to read the Megillah, but to hear the Megillah. <clears throat> what would be a practical difference? A practical difference is, can a woman read for a man? In general, if I'm going to discharge anyone in, in an obligation over here, if I'm going to do a mitzvah for you, I have to be chayv in the mitzvah the same way you're chayv in the mitzvah. I can make kiddush for you because I'm chayv in kiddush, you're chayv in kiddush. So my kiddush transfers to you. That's what we call shemeik ha'ina, right? You can hear my kiddush and get the mitzvah. You can hear my hamaytzi and get the mitzvah. You can hear anything that I do. And get the mitzvah. You can hear my Megillah and get the mitzvah because my act of reading the Megillah transfers to you. That only works if we're chayv in the same mitzvah. Excuse me. 
we have to be chayv in the same mitzvah. So if I am chayv in the same mitzvah that you you are, and I do that mitzvah, so that can transfer over to you. I can do the mitzvah on your behalf also. Are women and men chayv in the same mitzvah? That is the uh, general approach to understanding this machloikas. Taisus believes that yes, women are chayv in the same mitzvah as men. Men are chayv to read the Megillah. Women are chayv to read the Megillah. Mitzvahs to read the Megillah. Each and every one of us actually, let's take a step back for a moment. Each and every one of us really does have a mitzvah to read the Megillah. We have a mitzvah to take out a scroll and read the Megillah. So how come we can all get away with hearing one shliach tzibah read the Megillah? Teres is against the same principle, Shema His reading <coughs> transfers over to us. When we listen the whole time, it's like we read it also. When you get someone's kiddush, what does that look like? You got their kiddush. When someone makes kiddush you, their kiddush transfers to you. It's like you made kiddush. When someone makes havdalah and you listen, it's like you made havdalah. When someone reads the Megillah and you listen, it's like you read the Megillah. Shema Their mitzvah transfers over to you. We're all obligated, each and every one of us at this table is obligated to read the Megillah on our own. But we can hear someone else's Megillah, that transfers to us. Very good. What about a woman? If a woman wants to read the Megillah for men and wants the men to be yoytza, the mitzvah, she has to be obligated in the same mitzvah for her mitzvah to transfer over to us. So Tais says, yes, believes that a woman is chayv to read the Megillah. The same way I'm chayv to read the Megillah. The Bahag believes that a woman is not obligated to read the Megillah. She's only chayv to hear the Megillah. Her obligation is a different type of obligation. Her mitzvah is hearing and not reading. Therefore, if she would read the Megillah for a man, it can't transfer over to the man because since she's not obligated to read the Megillah, she's not doing an act of reading the Megillah, and that, and that, and therefore there's no act to transfer over to the man. I'm obligated to, hear the, to read the Megillah, not just hear the Megillah. Her mitzvah can't transfer over to me. Very straightforward. Now, we can take that a step further. We can spice that up a little bit in Lambdas, and it is it is spiced up a little bit. That can we can bring that back to the original Gemara itself, the Gemara in Megillah that says that women are chayv because they were also obligated in this mitzvah. We can find two different ways really of understanding that Gemara and see where the Taisas are coming from and where the Bahag is coming from. Again, the starting point is that women are exempted from any time-bound positive commandment, correct? They are exempted. <clears throat> any time-bound positive commandment, women do not have to fulfill. The Gemara says that Megillah is an exception. Even though it's time-bound positive commandment, it's an exception, and women are chayv in the Megillah. What's the Gemara doing, and why are women obligated? Because they were also involved in that mitzvah. They were also involved in the mitzvah. What's, what's, what happens as a result of that argument that they were also involved in the mitzvah? <coughs> One of two things could be going on over there. Either we're saying that since they were also involved in the mitzvah, therefore, this is an exception to the rule of time ban positive commandments, and women are obligated in this, or we could be saying that no, it's still in the category of time ban positive commandments, and women really are still exempted, and women are really not chayv, but the fact that they were involved in salvation is going to create uh, uh, something new, something new outside of the, the realm of time ban positive commandments and create a new kind of obligation. These are the two basic ways of understanding the Gemara, and this is essentially the machlaik of seeing Tais in the back. Tais believes that when we say that women are also included in the miracle. Um, therefore, what? Tais believes, therefore, this is an exception to the rule of time ban positive commandments. We take this one out of the category of the exceptional ones, and we, and we put it in the category of all of the mitzvahs that women are chayven, but they're chayven in the same exact mitzvah that I am. We're just showing us that this is an exception to that rule. 
that's Tysus, and therefore they're chayiv in the same mitzvah. The Bahag believes no, the, the, the exception, the rule is the rule. They, they, women are not obligated in any time by positive commandments, including the Gila. I, there's an argument, they were also included in the Nase. That argument creates a new mitzvah for them. That argument is an argument, is a self contained, <coughs> limited, one time argument that says, since they were also obligated in the miracle, so they got to do something about that. We got to do something about it. Okay, so we'll make a new mitzvah of what? Not reading the Megillah, but hearing the Megillah. That's what we'll do for the women. Okay, that's very interesting. They had to understand the Gemara really breaks into two different approaches. Based on, if you're Taisus, it, it, it's saying this is not really an exception. They're chayiv in the same mitzvah as we are. They could discharge us in our obligation. Bag, it's creating a brand new mitzvah that they're only chayiv to hear the Megillah, not chayiv to say the Megillah. Let's take this a step further. So we see that according to the Bahag, women cannot read the Megillah for men because they're only obligated to hear and they're not obligated to read the Megillah. So what about reading for other women? What about reading for themselves? If they're only obligated to hear the Megillah, not read the Megillah, can they even read it for other women? Can they even read it for themselves? They only have a chiv to hear. How do they hear the, hear the Megillah? Well, you can hear the Megillah. Yeah, you can only hear, hear the Megillah from someone who's reading the Megillah. Gotta get someone who can read the Megillah, and he'll read it for you, and then you can hear it. There is room to argue, perhaps, <clears throat> that if you go with the Bahag that women have a new mitzvah, their mitzvah is Shemiah, hearing, not Kriya, not reading, perhaps they can't even read for themselves. And not only that, the Magen Avram actually brings down what he cites as a Medrash Nelam, a Medrash Megillus Rus. Magen Avram brings down a, a Medrash Nelam that women should not be reading the Megillah even for themselves. Let's, let's see this inside. Um, the very hate brings out this mug in Avram, Rus, of Not only women shouldn't read it for other women, they, sh- they, 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 they shouldn't read it for themselves. They should hear from a man. Mugin Avram says, citing a Medishnelam, they should hear the Megillah from a man. Now, on the surface, we would say, hey, that makes perfect sense. If you go with the Bahag, women have a new mitzvah of Shemiah, not Kriya. Women have to hear the Megillah, but, but they can't read the Megillah. Their mitzvah is not to read the Megillah. So if they read the Megillah, it's not called reading the Megillah. They, their own mitzvah is limited in terms of hearing the Megillah. So if they want to hear the Megillah, they've got to find someone who has a mitzvah to read the Megillah, hear it from a man. He can do a Kriya, and they'll do their Shemiah on someone who's doing a Kriya. We would, we would really line this up under the Bahag and say, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And it would come out, according to this, a, a, a wild Chumrah, a, a very, you know, a, a very extreme stringency over here, that women can't read the Megillah even from themselves, let alone other women. And again, we would put that under the opinion of the Bahag, that their mitzvah is Shmiya and not Kriya. Okay, so is, is that how we pass in Halacha? A woman can't read the Megillah for herself? It's interesting, this is brought down, this is Mogin Avram, brought down the Be'er Hetev. Mishnah Brura, um, it seems the Mishnah Brura is not concerned for this Mogin Avram. The Mishnah Brura, <coughs> twice, talks about women reading for other women and women reading for themselves. Um, he says, um, he talks about a woman reading for herself. He talks about what bracha she should make when she reads for, her, reads for herself. And the Mishra Brewer also says that even the, the, the Shulchan Aruch, by the way, brings down both shitas. We said earlier, there's a Tais and there's a Bahag. Can women read for other, can women read for men? So uh, the Shulchan Aruch brings down a Taisis. First it says, I'm, 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 I'm sorry. Further, the Stima Satvarim, the Shulchan Aruch doesn't say that women cannot read for men, doesn't, doesn't uh, make that as, as uh, 
um, doesn't set that up as, as the halacha. Then he brings down the Eshar, he brings down an opinion. There is an opinion, he says, that women cannot read from men. So Mishra Burr brings, the, the Shulchan Aruch, rather. Again, the Shulchan Aruch brings down both opinions. The Machloik says in the Baha'i, can they read from men? Can they not read from men? Um, and on that opinion that women can't read from men, the Mishra Burr does say, a woman could read for other women. Mishabur Paskins, women can read for other women. And then he goes on to talk about when a woman read for, reads for herself, what bracha she should make. It's clear that Mishabur is not concerned for this mug in Avram and Halacha. The Mishabur Brura believes that the furthest we are concerned in Halacha is for this opinion of the Baha'i that women can't read for men, but they could read for, for themselves. He even lets women read for other women. Okay? So it's clear that the Halacha, the Mishabur is not concerned for this mug in Avram. Question is, why not? Let's try to let, let's let's speak this out of here and try to uncover a, 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 like a very uh, 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 enticing golden nugget of lumpness to take into Purim with us. It, the Mishnah is concerned for the opinion that women can't discharge men. Even the Shulchan Aruch does bring it down as a machlekes. Can they read for men? Can they not read for men? Is there mitzvah kriya or is there mitzvah merely shmiya? Is there a mitzvah to recite or is there a mitzvah merely to listen? If it's only listening again, they can't read for men because women have to, men have to read. And you, uh, your mitzvah has to transfer to me. If your mitzvah is just listening, that can't transfer to me as, as reading. Um, that, that, you know, is there in Shulchan Aruch. Um, so the Mishnah Berurah doesn't want to take a stand in that debate. But even within the opinion that women cannot read for men and their mitzvah is only to hear, not to say... Yet he'll le- he allows women to read for other women, and certainly for themselves. At the same time, again, the Magen Avram says, uh, that women can't even read for themselves. Which we said does seem to make sense with this opinion that the mitzvah is only to hear and not to recite. So how do we put this together? How is it that if a woman is only obligated in hearing the Megillah, her mitzvah is not to recite, so how can she recite the Megillah for herself. It would seem that she can only, the midst of hearing, if, if she's hearing a recital of the Megillah, but she can't recite it, then it seems to be a catch-22, right? She doesn't have a midst to recite, so how is she hearing the Megillah by her own recital? How are other women hearing the Megillah with her recital? How indeed does this work in Lambdas? That is, this is the question now that, that, that we are uh, confronted with. At the same time, I think we can flip it around. With, even without knowing the Lambdas, Without knowing the lambdas, we can we can pose a basic argument in logic. Well, let's put lambdas on the side. Let's just go with logic. Fakir, Rabbi said, let's make a vinahapahu over here. What are we saying? The Bahag believes women only have to hear the Megillah, not to say the Megillah. Good. So their mitzvah, the mitzvah they're doing, is a mitzvah of the only mitzvah they can do is a mitzvah of hearing, not a mitzvah of reciting. And if I want to do a mitzvah for someone else, my mitzvah has to transfer to them. So that's why they can't read for the men. Because men have a mitzvah to recite. Women uh, are not obligated to recite, so they can't transfer over to the men. Okay, great. We got that. We accept that. Um, does that mean, though, that if we take that to its logical extension and conclusion, that women can't even read it for themselves because to hear the Megillah, they have to hear someone reciting it? And they, since they can't recite it, they, it's not called that they're hearing the Megillah? That's the lumbus, but in logic, that's wacky. Because that would mean what? That would mean that we have a Gemara Megillah telling us that women have an obligation to Megillah's Esther, but if there's no one around to read it for them, they're like stuck? How you talking? Does it make sense that Chazal would establish a mitzvah that women can't take care of for themselves? Where do you find such a thing? Where do you find such a thing in any of the mitzvahs that I need to do a mitzvah? The mitzvah is my mitzvah 
But if I'm left to my own devices, it's conceivable that I will be painted to a corner that it'll be impossible for me to fulfill that mitzvah. Where do you find such a thing? Let's just, again, let's forget about lumpness for a moment. But just logically speaking, what we're, what we're entertaining is that women are chayiv to hear the Megillah, um, but since they only, are only chayiv to hear, they're not chayiv to say, to read the Megillah, they would need to find someone to read the Megillah for them, and if they can't find someone around to read the Megillah, they're, they're stuck, they can't get the mitzvah. What, what, what's the logic in that? Chazal is going to set up a mitzvah for women that it's conceivable women will, will, will have a scenario that they can't fulfill. If there's no man around to read it, or if let's say, you know, their husbands never went to yeshiva, they received a good education, they went to a great base of a great seminary, they learned how to read the Megillah with the trup, and they know how to read the Megillah. But their husband's not hard, the husband doesn't know how to read the Megillah. So she can't get the mitzvah? She can't, she can't fulfill the mitzvah because she can't find a man to read it for her? Let's ask that even, you know, just ask it as, as precisely, as succinctly as possible. Are Chazal going to give a woman a mitzvah that, that she um, can't take care of on her own? Do you find any mitzvahs like this? Is there any mitzvah that's my mitzvah, my mitzvah, but, but, but um, it's conceivable that I won't be able to take care of it on my own because I, I need someone outside of me to, to help me out to do that mitzvah. It's, it's difficult to hear this. Everybody with me? Difficult to hear that the Gemara Megillah will give women the mitzvah of, 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 of Mikra Megillah but we'll say, you have a mitzvah, but you can't take care of that mitzvah on your own. You need to find a man to read the Megillah for you, and, and that's how you get the mitzvah. It's like Manavshach. If you're going to give the women the, the women the mitzvah, it would make sense that women can take care of this mitzvah on their own. So it's, it's their mitzvah. It's their mitzvah. So just, again, on a level of logic, it's hard to hear such a thing. Very hard to hear that they have a mitzvah of hearing the Megillah, but they can't take care of that mitzvah on their own. So what do we do with that argument? It's a good argument in logic, but what do we do with the lambdas, right? At the same time, yeah, but if the lambdas, the Bahag saying they're only chayv to hear, not chayv to, 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 to read, chayv to hear the Megillah, not to recite the Megillah, the Ma'is, at the end of the day, how does it work in lambdas? How taco, do they read the Megillah and get the mitzvah from their own Megillah, read it for, their, for, for, for other women? How do those women get the mitzvah? How does it transfer over? They have to hear it, but they can't say it. What are they hearing, right? What do we do to this impasse, this impasse of lambdas? Territories like this, Rabbi, so you say a very, very, uh, very straightforward, simple, solid idea. There's two, we have to just separate here the act of reading the Megillah into two different discussions, two different levels. Reading the Megillah, when I read the Megillah, there's two different levels of looking at reading the Megillah. Level A is, am I reading the Megillah? Is this called reading the Megillah? Is this called that I'm reading, does halacha, Torah, Lamdas recognizes as an act of reading the Megillah. This is called halachically that I'm reading Megillah's Esther. And separate from that, another level of, 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 of examining that is, am I doing a mitzvah of reading the Megillah? And these two ideas have to be separated out one from the other. Everybody hear where we're going with this? Am I reading the Megillah? Am, and am I doing a mitzvah of reading the Megillah. And they are not the same idea, they're not the same discussion. In other words, let's speak at a dogma at this point, a mashal. Um, if I have a, a, a recording of, of uh, the Megillah that I read last year, I, I recorded it, let's say, I made a tape recording, taped the Megillah from last year, and I play it now for everyone to hear this year. I decide I want to rest my voice. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play the Megillah for everybody, Lel Purim. Did anyone get the mitzvah with this, with the recording? Of course not. Of course not. Why not? 
is that because the tape recorder is not obligated to mitzvah, so it can't discharge anyone? That certainly, but it's even more basic than that. This tape recorder is not doing an act of reading the Megillah. That's not called an act of reading the Megillah. It's certainly making a lot of noises that sound like the Megillah, but halakhically, we don't look at this tape recorder as reading the Megillah, not reading the Megillah, to, read, to, to, be, called, to, to be considered that this is, you are reading Megillah's Esther is not just about making the right noises. It's about being in a category of people, uh, being, being, uh, being, uh, being a human being, and being a category, select category of human beings that are addressed halachically with the concept of Megillus Esther and are, we would say, to relevant to that category of people for whom a Megillus Esther exists for them. So you have to be a human being, you have to be a Jewish human being, you have to be a Jewish human being who is within the category of the, 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 the um, scroll of Esther and the mitzvah of the scroll of Esther. That's what it takes just to be considered that, that my reading is called, I'm reading Megillus Esther. But all that I could be considered to be reading Megillus Esther, even if I'm not doing a mitzvah of reading the Megillah, but I'm still reading the Megillah. Let's give another example. It was slightly politically incorrect, but I'm not intending it to be inf- offensive to anyone. Um, it's only politically incorrect when we play politics, but this is lambdas and not politics. A guy, if a non-Jew reads Megillus Esther, is that called an act of reading the Megillah? No, it's not an act of reading the Megillah. It's not even that he's not obligated, and it's more basic than that. He's, he, he doesn't, in, in his, um, in, 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 in his um, existence, from his perspective, the concept of Megillus Esther, Kisvei HaKadosh, scrolls, and, and reciting scrolls, this whole concept that doesn't exist where he exists, and where the concept exists, he doesn't exist. The, 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 the non-Jew does not exist in that, in that framework of reading a Megillah, reading Kisvei HaKadosh, reading Tanakh. They don't exist over there. Um, when he reads the Megillah, that would be in Lamdas like, like a tape recorder re- reading it. That's not called someone reading Megillus Esther. He's not producing Megillus Esther. He's making noises that sound exactly like, even if we train him how to do it. But what he's doing is just making noises that sound exactly like Megillus Esther, but he's not reading the Megillah. A woman, since she is Shaykh to Purim, she is in her, in her realm, the Megillus Esther exists, Purim exists. When she reads the Megillah, it's called she's doing an act halachically of reading the Megillah. She for sure is in category A. Is she in category B? When she reads, is that called doing the mitzvah of reading the Megillah? That's the machlek, as Tysus in the Bahag. According to Tysus, since she's chayv to read the Megillah, that's called reading the Megillah, for sure. According to Bahag, she's not obligated to read the Megillah, so it's not called, not doing the mitzvah of reading the Megillah, because she's not chayv to read the Megillah, so it can't transfer to someone who has to read the Megillah. But even like the Bahag, she read the Megillah. She read Megillus Esther. Halachically, Megillus Esther exists in her universe. The, the Gemara gives her an obligation in the Megillah. She's not a tape recorder. She's not a non-Jew. She read the Megillah. She went word by word. She read the Megillah. It's called an act, an act of reading the Megillah, even though it's not an act of doing the mitzvah of reading the Megillah. Everybody understand? Reading the Megillah and fulfilling the mitzvah of reading the Megillah. You can be halachically reading the Megillah, even if you're not halachically doing the mitzvah of reading the Megillah. This is called that she read Megillus Esther. If that's the case, so we understand why a woman could be only obligated in hearing it, yet she can read it for herself and she can read it for someone else. Because what is she chayv to hear? She's chayv to hear the Megillah read. And she could read the Megillah. 
Because the moment she has an obligation that pertains to the Megillah, so she's in the realm of the Megillah. The Megillah exists in her universe. And when she reads the Megillah, it's called that she read the Megillah. Did she do the mitzvah of reading the Megillah? That depends on the taste in the bag. But either way, she read the Megillah. And her mitzvah is to hear the Megillah being read. She heard the Megillah being read. She's not a tape recorder. She's not a non-Jew. She read the Megillah. It's an act of reading the Megillah. Therefore, it works for her and it works for her friends. Her friends heard the Megillah being read. Okay, so it's, it's a very subtle point, but I think it's, it's subtle, but solid. The lumbus is solid. Uh, something to, you know, wrap our heads around, something to take in support, perhaps, but a very solid idea. And, and just to, so that's, that's where the, the Mishabur is coming from. That's why even though, even if we will be concerned for the Bahag, we, we do allow women to read for themselves. We do allow women to read for other women. What about this mug in Avram that says a woman should hear from a man? So he brings down a Vilna Goyen that contests if this measure really even exists. Vicky Vager, who dismisses it outright. It, it, it's possible that this idea, this isn't like an idea in Kavadat Zibor, um, that ideally we want, you know, the, the, the ideal structure of Kleisos, come to show the man is the reader. Um, so it's possible that that's where this Medjushnelem is coming from. It doesn't say in the Medjushnelem anything about um, obligations, halachic obligations on lambdas. Possible that if we go with this Medrash, again, it's just an idea in Kavad Hatzibor, the right protocol and how we should fulfill the mitzvah. Um, as opposed to can women actually do it? And 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 the Sharetzin brings out of only going that that, that um, contests the possibility that it, 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 if this measure even exists or not. Maybe this measure doesn't even exist. Um, okay, but certainly in halacha, even if we will be concerned for the Baha'i that women can't discharge men their obligation, women can read for women, and women can read for themselves. Um, yeah. But isn't there a bracha that said at the beginning of saying the? That's exactly what I was about to talk about. The bracha, David. Wow. Okay, he's one step ahead of us over here. That's exactly where I was about to go. So now, one, 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 one uh, very interesting application of this whole discussion is the bracha, the bracha that you make when you read the Megillah. What bracha does the reader in Shul make when he reads the Megillah? You make three brachas, but what's the? the Al mikra Megillah. The reader gets up and shul. He says, "Al mikra Megillah, Hashem Hashem commands us to read the Megillah." So it's quite clear, as Rabbi is pointing out, that the mitzvah is to read the Megillah, right? And and that's the, the bracha that a man makes, which makes sense because according to everyone, our mitzvah is to read, and that's where we all have to read. But we can hear someone else reading because his mitzvah reading transfers to us. What's the bracha that a woman makes when she reads the Megillah? No bracha. The women are chayv to read the Megillah. They have a mitzvah to read the Megillah. Of course, you make a bracha. Women make a bracha. What bracha do women make? So the Ramaz says, like, 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 uh, Repinchas Yankov. Ramaz says, Im ha'isha The Ramaz says, if, if a woman reads for herself, it's clear also in the Ramaz that women can read for themselves. He also doesn't is not concerned for this mugging. I mean, the mugging is going on this Ramaz anyway. If a woman reads for herself, mevarechas, she makes a bracha. Lishmaya Megillah. A woman makes uh, when a woman reads for herself, she makes the bracha lishmoya megillah to hear the megillah. Why would she make such a bracha? Because of the bahag. As we said, the bahag who says that the nature of a woman's obligation is fundamentally different than a man. Our mitzvah is to read; her mitzvah is only to hear. So if she would make the bracha for herself, she reads on her own. You know, here, honey, here's my megillah. You, you read. Um, she would make lishmoya, which that's like the bahag. That her mitzvah is only to hear. Okay, so far so good? Very geschmack. It's interesting that when the Mishnah Brewer brings this down, it changes. The bracha changes sub- subtly. 
The, the Mishnah Brewer talks about a woman reading for other women. He says they make the following bracha. Now, you would think he would say Lishmaya, right? Listen to what he says. doesn't say Lishmaya, but he also, say, he also doesn't say Al-Mikra. Al-Mikra is the bracha that a man makes, because we have a chiv kriya. The, the Ramah is going with the Bahag. When, when a woman reads for herself, she says Lishmaya. Says the Mishnah Brura, it changes in the Mishnah Brura. Um, um, now he's even talking about the bracha that a woman makes when she reads for herself. If a woman doesn't have a man to read for her, she reads for herself. Again, not like the Mogan Avram, not like the Medishnelem. What's the bracha she makes? That's the bracha that a woman makes. Here, the reading of the Megillah. So what's going on over here, right? Lishmaya, is it al-mikra? We're like making a, making a, making a challenge. So I did see, there, there are those who want to say exactly like Yosef Aryeh, that why the mission would change, he, he suddenly tweaks it, he changes it from the Ramah. Lishmaya, mikra, megillah. So those who want to say, like Yosef Aryeh, that we want to satisfy the Bahag and Tysis. It's Machlaikas, are women chayv in Kriya? Or only in Shmir, right? The Taisus says women's obligation is even to read the Megillah. That women could even read for men, according to the Taisus. So maybe they're Chayv in Kriya, maybe they're only Chayv in Shmir. So kind of to chap everybody, we say Lashmaya, Mikra, Megillah. Okay, there are those who say that. It's interesting because, like, I mean, it's either one or the other. You know, it's either Shmir or Kriya. Like, it's kind of, we're, we're, what are we trying to say in the Bracha? Like, yes, we're confused. Yes, we're not sure. Maybe. No, okay, maybe, maybe. But we could say very gishmakrabai, so we could say like this. Where's the Mishnah coming from? Why say Lishmaya Mikra Megillah? To make it clear why we're not concerned for the Mugin Avram. Meaning the Mishnah could be as old as going with Baha. Because if we would go with Taisis, women would say, Al Mikra Megillah. Around the Rima Megillah. If we would go to Taisis, women would say, Read the Megillah because they're chayven reading like we're chayven reading. They would say the Bracha like we say the Bracha. The Mishnah we could say, is still going with the Baha. That women's obligation is hearing and not reciting. So why would you say Lishmaya Mikra Megillah, not Lishmaya? To make it clear that women can still read for themselves and women can read for other women. To make it clear why they can read for themselves and why they can read for other women. Because although their chiv is only to hear, but they still, their reading is called a reading. Even though they're not doing the mitzvah of reading, but they are, their act of reading the Megillah is called reading the Megillah. They're not a tape recorder. They're not a non-Jew. They're shayich to the, to, to the Megillah's Esther. So when they read, this is called a mikra. Lishmaya, mikra Megillah. A woman is capable of producing mikra Megillah. Her reading is called mikra Megillah. And then when she makes for herself, she makes for others. Why am I able to do it? Because lishmaya, mikra Megillah. Because I'm doing mikra Megillah. And my chiv may only be to hear that mikra Megillah. But I'm chayv to hear mikra Megillah. Very gishmak. That could be the pshat. And why the Mishnah Brood changes it. Deftly and subtly. Okay. So that, that's a, a, a treatment over here. The whole machlaik is... Um, just throw one last uh, li- little uh, spice over here, spice things up. One last idea, uh, very quickly. We said, uh, going back to our starting point, the Machlegas Bahag and, 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 and uh, Taisis, are women chayiv in the same mitzvah that we are? Kriya? Or did we make a new mitzvah them called Shmiya? And we said that depends on the Gemara. When the Gemara says that women are chayiv in the Megillah because they were also included in the miracle, so what does that mean? Does that, is that just showing us that this is an exception to time and commandments? And this is not included in, 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 in the category that they're ex- exempted from? They are going to be chayiv in, in time and in, in this one? Or is it making a brand new mitzvah for women because they were included in the salvation, right? If it's a brand new mitzvah, it's something called Shmiya, not Kriya. If it's Afinoi Baisanes is saying this is an exception to the rule of time and past commandments, there's no new mitzvah, there's Chayv and Air mitzvah. There's one more, could be another Nafkamina from this, and that would be 
in Eved Kenani, the, the non-Jewish slave. In Eved Kenani, in Eved Kenani, Rabbi Yisai, is an Eved Kenani obligated to hear the Megillah, Megillah's Esther? Now, generally, what are the, what's the nature of the obligations, halachic obligations of an Eved Kenani? So his, his obligations are that of a woman. The Gemara says all over the place, he's chayven, Mrs. Kenoshim. Whatever women are chayven, and Eved Kenani. Eved Kenani is like a, is, is a pseudo-Jew. He's, he went to the mikvah, we gave him brismila. He's not a full Jew because he's an Eved, but he's not a full guy because he's an Eved. So he is chayven, all the mitzvahs that women are chayven. No, no, no. Chazasham, only Eved Kenani, Eved Kenani. So the Gemara says... Whatever women are chayven and Eve Kanani is chayven, whatever women are putter from and Eve Kanani is putter from. So, are, is an Eve Kanani chayven in, in the Megillah? Who does the Eilam say? If we use the rule that Pinchas Yankov invoked, the answer should be simple. Okay, what did you say? What's the nature, what, what's the, what, what determines uh, an Eve Kanani's obligations? Women. Women. So, what, what should the answer be? Should be chayv, right? Women are chayv in Megillah's Esther. Eve Kanani should also be chayv in Megillah's Esther. So Mishra Burr brings down a huge machlaikas about this. It's a huge machlaikas. The Gemara doesn't discuss it. Women did have a part in Purim. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, very good. Okay, hold that thought. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. Um, so women are chayv in Gilzazer. If Avadim are chayv all the misses that women are, so they should also be chayv in Nebuchadnezzar, should be chayv in, 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 in Megillah. The Mishra Burr brings down a huge machlaikas. Huge machlekes if an Eved Kanani is chayv or putter. Huge machlekes. What are they arguing about? I mean, Eved Kanani is chayv, and women are chayv, and women are chayv, so he should be chayv. Teres is Rabbi Yisai. We can, we can um, suggest the following, a very, very gishmak idea. The debate is all about this very question of what is the nature of women's obligation and what's the meaning of the Gemara. The Gemara says that women are obligated because of because they were also included in the salvation. What is going on behind the scenes with that? Is that saying that since they were also included, therefore we're not going to make the Megillah an exception to the rule of time and Paz commandments? And categorically, they will be chayv in this one? Or is it making a brand new obligation because they were also included in, 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 in the salvation? If you say the former, that's just making this an exception to that rule. So it's saying that women normally are exempted from all time vampires' commands, but this is an exception. This is something that women are chayv in, just as men. And so in Evakanani, it works with the same rules as women. So in Evakanani, would also be chayv because we just, you know, cut and paste women's obligations to, to, to an Evid. So this is an exception to that category. So it's an exception for women. It's also an exception for an Evakanani. Evakanani would also be chayv. But if you say that really, it, no, it, it, it is time band passive, and women really have no business being chayv. There should be putter in it. But there's a new argument and a new mitzvah be generated by the arguments of that they were also included in the salvation. That argument would also have to apply to an Evakanani. An Evakanani um, is, 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 is not included in that argument. They were also part of the salvation applies to women, but doesn't apply to an Evakanani. What does it mean that women are also included in the miracle? So one of two things. I said earlier, it means that they were also going to be wiped out. They were going to be destroyed and killed. Uh, another explanation is that the women were instrumental in bringing, out the salva- bringing about the salvation. However, you slice it, though, that only applies to women and not to an Eved Kanani. Why? A, the Avodim Kananim, the Mepharshim tell us, were actually not part of the threat. Haman didn't want to kill the Avodim Kananim. Haman was happy sparing them. They're, 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 they're not fully Jewish. The, the, we'll keep them as slaves for Achashverish. They were not included in the threat. And he didn't want to kill out the Avodim Kananim, only the full Jews. 
So A, Nebuchadnezzar was not part of the, the, the salvation. And B, Nebuchadnezzar certainly wasn't instrumental in bringing back the salvation. It was Esther, Hamalko, not Nebuchadnezzar. So that wouldn't include them either. So if you say like the Bahag, that Avin Hoya Baisades is a new isolated argument, creating a new isolated mitzvah, it indeed would not apply, would not apply to Nebuchadnezzar. If it's just telling me how to deal with all the rules in the protocol. So the same way that establishes the rules for women, establishes the rules for Nebuchadnezzar, like Tzai says, they would be chayv. But if you say it's creating a new halacha, a new mitzvah, it would not apply to Nebuchadnezzar because the rationale does not apply to Nebuchadnezzar. Okay, Rabbi, you say we should be zeichet to a freilich and purim. And against your freilich, we should see revach v'atzal, yamad la'yehudim, yimakam acher, and we should have a wonderful purim. Ready, when